Hello and welcome to episode 47 of Who Can Convince You, the Doctor Who review side of things. I'm Harold and today I'm joined by a lovely guest. It's Caroline from uh, My Adventure in Space and Time. Hello, hi. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. I'm so excited to be actually allowed on somebody else's podcast. We're well, proper grown up now. You've been <laughs> let off the leash for this time of year. Yeah, yeah. Shown us like you go rogue. <laughs> Well, she's disappeared on tour. So oh, she Frank- could be anywhere now, couldn't she? Away. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's okay. You should just like rename all the episodes of the podcast and just see if she notices. And then we're just going to start changing passwords and see what happens. Brilliant. To be honest. That's a great idea. Just put a capital in and then be like, well, look, it's exactly the same. You just forgot what it was. <laughs> so, how have you been since I think the last time we spoke was on the after show, probably? Oh, yeah, it'd be the after show for all the end of our uh, our pirate adventure. We oh, were on a pirate yes. Tour our pirated themed adventure for uh, yeah. Legend of the Sea Devils, wasn't it, I think? Yes. Yeah, it was. Where I basically got everything wrong. Well, <laughs> Just, we've got a quiz well, coming up. We've got a quiz, thing. so you never Good, know. I can fall over again. Yeah, you can <laughs> fail once more. So... <laughs> Have you been up to anything exciting recently? Um, not a huge amount. As I say, we're kind of, we just want to be enough on tour. We've kind of had a little hiatus for our kind of podcasty stuff. So yeah. it's been quite nice yeah. just to kind of have a couple of weeks off and regroup. But we've got loads of news and stuff to catch up on when we get back. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. It's, well, we might pick your brains for a little bit of news. We'll see what happens. We'll see, we'll see what happens. I'll tell you what, let's, let's do that now. Let's do that now. Go on there. Well, we haven't, I don't think, on the podcast, I don't think we've spoken about, um, oh yes we have, actually, we've spoken about Shooty coming back. Yeah. But I thought we could have a little conversation and we'll see what, see what you think. Mm-hmm. So, the news came out probably th- maybe a month ago now, I want to say. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Maybe. So, yeah. D- I don't know if anybody was expecting it to come out because everybody seems to have been expecting the news no. every day since about you know two years ago so yeah, it was I a bit out of the blue started talking about it before jody had even started i think yeah. um which is kind of i mean we've had a rant on our podcast before how much that really irritates us when they just start throwing the same names round and round in a circle all over again yeah it's but um it was done i think wasn't it do you not think it was really oddly done well just sort of plopped in out of nowhere. There was no build up. There was no sort of mystery around it. It was like, oh, here's the thing. Yeah. Like, what? They seem to have sort of gone like the social media route. Like normally it's sort of, it's at the end of yeah. like the tennis or in the middle of Strictly where they sort of announce uh-huh. it at a random time. But they've just sort of gone a bit sort of cryptic and posted on Instagram, I think is where it sort of first. Yeah, there was one Instagram post. And then, but normally there's been like the telly review because there was. What was it? Was it a Champions League final? There was some sort of football league final, and everybody was convinced it would be straight after that. Yeah. And that was moment, and they didn't do it. But Jodie got like a little trailer that was amongst the tennis or something, and she got the little trailer with the hood. Yeah, down she, oh yeah, she did. Yeah. Oh, there she is. For him, it was just sort of like a. They don't even have like a 
photo of him in the gut that like he didn't have yeah. his it's well it seems a bit sort of it seems like an odd choice and uh, well not not like the casting an odd choice this decision to sort of release it but sort of just say who it is like no sort of additional there's no photos of anything like him with a companion that you could just release so i'm gonna assume that we sort of we're gonna be drip fed things Mm -hmm. especially with the other sort of casting news that's coming but we'll talk about that later yeah, well, my other theory behind it was that actually they were really worried it was going to leak. Yeah, and oh, they, yeah, it, like sort of jumped before they were pushed, kind of thing. Oh yeah, I would have thought so. That it it tends to be the way, doesn't it? Like they normally do a sort of press release when they're filming outside because somebody's mm-hmm. going to see something, aren't they? You know, it, they tend to yeah. film in built-up areas, and there's only so much you can sort of disguise a massive eight-foot blue box or a Dalek. You know, there's yeah, yeah. You know, you're not going to get away with it, really, if you're just filming I wonder, somebody. I wondered if it was over the heads of them appearing at the BAFTAs together, that people were going to see him and Russell appearing yeah. together, chatting and be like, nah, and it would be a bit of a, a sort of clangor if they'd let that slip beforehand. So I yeah. don't know if it was the last minute, oh, shit, we better say something. Maybe. it's a, It seems like a bit of a rushed thing, but at the same time, it seems very sort of the way that they've gone the cryptic route of like, what was it, two hats and a blue box i think yeah, was the thing wasn't yeah, it where, yeah i said you know it's not hardly it's not like colombo level of sort of i wonder no. what that could mean but it is sort of they know what they're doing i think they've sort of figured mm-hmm. out oh we're going to do this sort of thing for all of our sort of press releases mm-hmm. so with regards to shooty did yeah. you know who he was were you familiar with him have you seen his name anywhere no hands up Genuinely didn't. No. Genuinely didn't. I hadn't seen sex education's a big thing that he's been in. Um which Apparently. loads of people and I heard of, but yeah. I, I, it wasn't something I managed to catch up with. It wasn't something I'd seen, so he is entirely new to me. Yeah. I I'm much the same, really. I think I feel like I'm quite pleased with that because I've always said I prefer it when it's not like a massive name. Yeah. Um, because then there's sort of a little bit of that. There's not too much of an expectation for them. You know, there's not, you don't feel like you've already got a handle on them and you already know what they're going to be like. Yeah. I think. Fresh that way. Yeah. With certain actors, I think, like when um, Capaldi got announced, whenever okay. I've seen him in anything, it, it always seems like, oh, yeah, he could play it like that, or he could play it like that, or he could play it like that, because he just seems to have li- this endless sort of range of things that he can do. Yeah. But at the same time, seeing somebody who you don't know, and really, it's not to be sort of like belittling, shoot, he's only been in one thing, really, sort of one big thing yeah. that everybody knows. Yeah. So I think if you watch Sex Education and you say, I don't like what he's doing there, like, this is a terrible idea, it's nice to sort of think, oh, yeah, but hang on. It, this is one thing that he's done. Like, yeah. th- you know, there could be. He could, uh, and yeah, likewise, it, it could be the only thing he can do, but it could also be like one of many things. I hope it is yeah. one of many things because I haven't seen Sex Education. I've watched some little clips of it, but. I have now since just to sort oh, right, of get okay. up and work out what he was. So I've not, still not seen the full series, but yeah, I've seen yeah. a couple of clips. Would recommend? Or. I don't know. I mean, from the little clips I've seen, certainly he, I think he looks quite fun. I yeah. think the character he seems to be playing seems like a bit of fun. Whether or not it's Doctor stuff, I don't know. I think it's it's 
such a different character. I'm really hoping that it won't won't go that way because I mean they're meant to be sort of like school kids, aren't they? So yeah, I don't know whether it's comparable, but we hope we hope it's good. Yeah, I mean that's the only, that's the thing, isn't it? As much as sort of we've had this conversation, and I think all of the people listening know that sort of. I don't think I'm at the end. I don't think I'm at the sort of stage of I just don't care anymore about the stories. More like, but I think when it comes to sort of the actor who plays the Doctor, I'm always interested who it is because yeah. I'm. I don't think that excitement sort of stops because you're always you want to see what they're going to do, regardless of if the stories are any good. You just want to yeah. see them in the costume, and you want to just see the first yeah. episode or something just to see what they're gonna what they're gonna yeah. do. So. <laughs> there's such a huge chapter for a show like this like it is su- it's the the focus of it is that it becomes a new person yeah very wobbly. um that it becomes a new person yeah. and that's part of the fun of it um but you know even going on interviews and stuff that i've seen of him recently i quite like him i think he's quite up for it i think he's got a really good attitude to it I he's got a he's very seen- sort of up personality isn't he? he's like he's yeah, very yeah. you know pretty good so yeah and I'm going to get it in. It's another Scottish one. Oh. We're all biased for another Scottish there one. There you go. Well, what can we say? We're taking over. <laughs> We've got a good track record. Though. Yeah, it's, uh, to be fair, you know, you've done all right, I'll say. You've done all right. We <laughs> yeah, still have another sure Welsh one yet, so... No, actually, we should do. Yeah, we should do. Considering how much of it's filmed in Wales and how many other Welsh... You would have thought, you know, most of those people who are going to go for the audition are probably going to live yeah. quite near, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's maybe how y'all got Torchwood, where they just gave it a full-scale Welsh Yeah, spin-off. let's just go for it. Just chuck everybody in. Any Welsh <laughs> actor that just wants to have a go, just, you know, go for it. So yeah. I think I'm slightly disappointed that it's not a woman again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think I'm slightly disappointed, and in the same vein, I never really care either way. Yeah, I'm but, with you. And it's that thing of like, I said this even when they cast Jodie. I was like, don't do it. Don't just cast a woman because everybody's going, needs to be a woman. Needs to yeah. be here. Do it because you found a cracking actress who can do the part yeah. justice. You know, that that was where it came from for me. I was like, don't just cast a woman for the sake of it being a woman because everybody's waving a little flag going, include us, include the women. Yeah. You know, it, it had to be bright for it, not, you know, for the sake of it. And yeah. as it happened, you know, Jodie was, I think she was a really good bit of casting, albeit I know we've had plenty of rants that her stories let her down. But I think her, her her as an actress and her being right for the part, I think she was incredible. Yeah. it's It'll be interesting to sort of see how time sort of goes in her favour, maybe. Because yeah. I, think, uh-huh. I think everybody has to admit that probably Jodie's run has probably hasn't gone as well as it could do. No, it's been a controversial one. Uh, I think it has. And I, in some ways, I, I don't know how to sort of phrase this to make it not sound right, but sort of make it sound right in your head. I think by going down a inverted commas controversial route by casting a woman, mm-hmm. it sort of, it almost put it on a bad foot that people were sort of overlooking it and thinking, oh, they're just going to do all of those things now that we think are just going to be like to include everybody. So yeah, think, people wrote it off before it had started. Yeah, I think, I think you yeah. were going to lose people by doing that. But yeah. then, you know, it probably gained some people as well that yeah, were desperate for like, being women. So to cares? me, it probably was out. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... If that's what you want to be like about it, then that's up to you. Yeah. <laughs> that's, well, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, it's if if it's not for you, just don't watch it. <laughs> yeah. It's completely fine. It's completely fine. 
Right. Well, we'll stop our sort of new who conversation for a minute. And uh-huh. I have a question for you. Okay. Would you like to do a quiz? Yeah, I've got such a good entertaining track record with quizzes. Let's do it. Brilliant. Let's give it a go. Right. Is it specific to our episodes, or it, is it a general quiz? It's a general quiz. Okay. Excellent. Now, yeah. My fa- my quizzes are normally famous because I usually choose four items and just say order them in price order. But seems as you're our special guest, I've really oh. pushed the boat out, right? I've proper pushed okay. the boat. I've had to like properly Google all of these things as well to make sure that the answers oh. are right. I'm honoured. Well, uh, <laughs> so got it. It, it's even got a, its own quiz title, right? What? And uh, I know, I know. So the name of the quiz oh. is "Who Had More?" Question mark. Okay. Ooh. So okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna expand on that a little bit, so I can tell yeah, all the just... listeners are all like, "Oh, oh, oh." So I'm gonna give you the name of two doctors. And I want to know which of them had more stories. Not episodes, stories. So there could be an old doctor and a new doctor, but the old story could have eight episodes and the new one is just one, but it's just just the stories. How many stories? Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so I, I was quite surprised by some of these numbers, actually, because I just sort yeah. of never really looked into it that much never crossed my mind until now so yeah well here we go so question one of four okay Okay. you can think out loud you can tell us what you're thinking you can use your working out you know you might get an extra mark just for trying to work it out okay you overestimate me (laughs) so your first two doctors okay Mm -hmm. are William Hartnell yeah and Peter Davison Okay. Okay. So I want to know which of them had more stories, Hartnell Ooh. or Davison. I'm trying to think who ha- who was doctor for longest because I don't. But then I don't know whether that'll help me with breaks. I think. Uh, I mean, I, I'm assuming I can help you slightly, slightly with this. Yeah. So Hartnell was well, about sort of three, three years. years the, yeah, yeah, about three years, and Davison. Yeah. And then, then Davison's roughly the same as well. Did he do two or three years? Three seasons, I want to say. See, I should have, I should have googled all this. Yeah, See, I, I, it's weird because in my head I've got them split up by years that they played it, but that doesn't really help in terms of seasons. I'm terrible at trying to sort of work out all of this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So let's have a little look. Uh, so the fifth Doctor stayed for three series, and he had oh, I nearly, nearly. said that. Yeah, nearly. So yeah, so three series from 1982 to 1984. Okay, because I feel like the, like the sort of Hartnell era stories were shorter than his ones. 
but then does that mean the response oh this is hard you're an evil genius yeah clever you see so just the stories not the episodes so don't worry about two parters and six parters just the titles who had more title stories I'm gonna go Hartnell just on a gut feeling I'm gonna go Hartnell you're gonna go William Hartnell final answer I am yep would you like to hazard a guess at how many stories there could be what did he have let's go about 20 21 something like that not I'm bad. Mild, that was a stab in the dark. I'm just roughly doing maths in my head. Well, you were right by picking Hartnell. Yeah. He does have more oh, stories. Yay. So uh, William Hartnell has 29 stories. Okay, I wasn't too far off. And Peter oh, Davison yeah. has 20. Ah, okay. So, yeah, there you go. Question two. Okay. Here comes question two. David Tennant and Matt uh-huh. Smith. Ooh. Are we including 50th special? I would assume so. I've sort of worked it out by how many... Well, I've sort of worked it out by what Wikipedia told me. And <laughs> Wikipedia yeah. told me that these are the episodes that the Doctor is the main Doctor. Okay. So I think the 50th would count... the 50th would be a Matt Smith one, Yeah, then. I think so. I think so. Right. But they sort of... There's enough in it that it doesn't really matter, I don't think. So yeah. don't don't worry about that too much. Go for just like their main run, like, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, because straight away in my head, I'm going Tenant's longest serving. Mm. I'm trying not to give anything away, so I'm just going to sort of stare at myself in the screen. Just stare at me, that's not going to help. Well, see, Tenant's longest serving, so I'm like, does that mean he's done more episodes? But then, like you say, there was the sort of 50th specials that count on the side of Matt Smith. Mm. Oh... Am I overthinking this? Probably. Like, mm. Nah, I'm just going to stick with Tennant. You're going to stick? I'm going Tennant had more stories. Okay. You're going to stick with David Tennant, are you sure? Yes. Okay. Would you like to have another little guess? What did he do? He did... He was there a while, wasn't he? Yeah, I'm trying to work out again by series did four series but then see they were only sort of two or three parters so I reckon there's probably more stories to that mm. so what was it there was about 12 a series some of them were two or three parters so what, about 35 oh so close seriously David Tennant had 36 stop it <laughs> 36 no. stories what but Matt Smith does he have more 39 Oh my god! So Matt Smith was there for less time, but had more stories. More stories. Wow, there you go. So yeah, so you learn something there new every go. day. Yeah. Question three. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Sylvester McCoy, Jodie mm-hmm. Whittaker. Oh. I purposely put these together because I thought they're both a sort of awkward both feel range. Like a bit shorter, yeah. yeah. Both seem like they're a little bit shorter than others. Ooh, that's really tricky. Jodie's have been like she was quite spaced out over hers as well with the whole COVID thing, and she's had big. Oh, I thought you meant she was like spaced out. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, just, just off for tits, yes. <laughs> No, is in like her. 
series felt like there was quite long gaps between them. Yeah. So it probably feels like she's done more than she has. She Well, when was it that she... Was it about 2019, 18? Yeah. Maybe something like that, that she sort of first... Yeah. yeah. Because then they put a series off to COVID. Yeah. Um. So when would she be? Well, it was 2019, but then there was quite a big gap. But then Sylvester McCoy, I feel like he didn't get a very long run because then his was kind of like the pants end of it before it went a bit tonto, didn't it? They cut him yeah. quite short. Let's let's have a little look. Uh, so I'm not having a look on uh, on Wikipedia. Not at all. I am checking my own notes. So McCoy did have three seasons. So 1987 to 89. Mm-hmm. So Jodie's had season 11, season 12. Yeah, yeah. Like his, where he's, his, he did get quite a lot of sort of several part stories. Mm. Where I think Jodie's, there was more standalone ones. So I reckon maybe Jodie. Okay. Let's go Jodie. Sylvester McCoy. Yep. 12. Jodie okay. Whittaker. 23. Ah, there we go. So there's a lot more Jodies than I thought there were, actually. Yeah. Like, you know. As I say, I think Sylvester probably had more episodes, but there were like there were the smaller parter ones again. You know, there was ones that were sort of four or five parters again, yeah. weren't there? There it's was his uh, Dalek one went on for a bit. Yeah. It's good though. I uh, love that one. And finally, question four. Okay. Patrick Troughton, John Pertwee. Ooh, another good one. But half of Patrick Troughton's got deleted. To be fair, gonna, yeah, we're well, yeah. We're, gonna, we're just assuming that it all exists. So they still exist. They're just paper, animated. They, yeah. they still exist. On paper, it's oh. still there. And again, it's how many parts that are all broken up into rather than story. I automatically want to go. Yeah. yeah. Ignore the parts. Ignore the parts. Just yeah, think. that's what's throwing me. You know, just think. You know, Tomb of the Cybermen, and you got da da da, and then you got da da da. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is tricky. Yeah, you're doing better than I would because I wouldn't have a clue. I'd, well, I'm I'm winging it. It's very much a pin in a map kind of vibe, just like <laughs> um the pinata style of just yeah, just, <laughs> just go for it. I'm trying to. And again, they both had a similar amount of seasons, I reckon, didn't they? Because yeah. what they did. Shall I get the exact figures up? You can if you like. Let's have a look. Yeah, I'm trying to think because there was three Triton series as well. Yeah, so Pertwee has Pertwee has five series. Yeah, and then he's got the three Doctors in his as well, though, hasn't he? He has. Now I'm and not. Then he's, still the, he's still the main Doctor in that one. Yeah, he's the main Doctor. So uh, Triton's got three series, and Pertwee's got five. Yeah. So logically, I want to say Pertree, but then I'm like, oh, do they split them up more? I will say there's not a lot in it. Yeah, that's... There's not a lot in it. I'm going Pertree, then. You're going Pertree. We're counting three Doctors as well. Okay. I can reveal you are correct. It is John Pertwee. So John Pertwee had 24 stories, and Patrick Troughton had 21. So there's not, like... Not a lot in it. No, yeah, just sort of long, longer series, but less of. 
Yeah. So there we go. There's your quiz. Amazing. Well, that was hard. That was good. Yeah. What, I like well, the premise of this quiz. What can I say? I might have to do more of those, like with... Might have to throw some of them in somewhere. Yeah, with monsters or something. Yeah. yeah oh, that'd be more. good. Yeah. yeah, that would be good. Brilliant. You've got a new feature. Sorted. There's that new Amazing. segment done. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, that was good. Make a note of that. Yeah. Copyright. <laughs> it's <laughs> Copyright, mine. Anyway. It's mine. It's mine. <laughs> right then. So, let's get into the main bit of the podcast. And as you're yes. our guest, what story would you like to start with? Macra Terra um, or Vincent and the Doctor? The choice let, is yours. Let's start Macra. It's good fun. Let's do that. I'll uh, I'll give you some of the boring stuff. So, the story title, The Macra Terror, from Season 4, Serial 7, aired from the 11th of March to the 1st of April, 1967, uh, written by Ian Stewart Black, directed by John Davis, produced by Enos Lloyd, script edited by Jerry Davis, and music by the deadly Dudley Simpson. It is four episodes long. Would you like a synopsis? Yes. And I promise I have not just copied and pasted this from Tardis Wiki. When the second Doctor, Ben, Polly and Jamie visit a human colony that appears to be one big holiday camp, they think they have come across a truly happy place. Yet, a shadowy presence soon makes them realise that the surface contaminant... We have a button to beep it out when you do that. Terrible. That the surface contaminant is carefully controlled. The colony's inhabitants have been brainwashed by a giant, crab like creature, the Macra. Insidious propaganda, broadcast by the controller, forces the humans to mine a gas that is essential for the Macra to survive, but fatal to them. The colony must be saved, but how? The Doctor and his team are up against it, particularly when Ben falls under the influence of the Macra. Can he be rescued from their evil clutches? Can the gas pumping equipment be destroyed? Getting rid of the macra for good? Question mark, question mark, question mark. So the macra terror. Yeah. Where should we you start? I loved it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, do you know what? I really enjoyed it as well. So uh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Done. Uh, let's move yeah, on to Vincent done. and the... Do- <laughs> See you next week, guys. So when did, when what was your sort of first experience of the Macra Terror? Was it for this, or had you seen it sort of when it? So, yeah, no. I mean, I had I knew it was about purely through obviously. I for people that don't know from sort of Sean and I's podcast, um, I'm kind of the one that had grown up watching repeats of Doctor Who when I was younger. So a lot of the kind of older ones were in my head, and when they brought the Macra back for Gridlock. Well remembered. And it was sort of like referenced that they were like, oh, you're, you know, that's an older thing and that he'd seen them before. And I was like, I don't remember these very much at all. So, and then of course, right enough, when I went back and tried to look into it, you were like, oh, okay, right, this episode no longer exists. Yeah. So I, that was kind of where my sort of history stopped with it, really. Um, and then since, you know, all these episodes have been made available, the animated ones, um, I did go back and watch a few of them. I've dipped into some of them already. Um, 
and that was one that I'd picked up on, so it was good. So I'd, I'd, I'd seen it vaguely before, although I did rewatch before this just to get it into yeah. my head. Um, but yeah, just to get the, the sort of backstory for where the macro thing came from, so it kind of joined up with the modern Who kind of reference that I had already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I sort of first had the audio book, I want to say. I think it was... right. I think there's a couple of versions of it. I think the version I had, I think Colin Baker is doing like the Lincoln narration. And I think there's a Right. I think there's an Annika Wills one as well. But I'm pretty sure I had the Colin Baker one. Um and then obviously when the animation came out, I bought the DVD because you can you can watch it in color and black and white. I think Britbox they've only got the black and white one on there maybe. Oh, they've got the colour one on there. Oh, is there. the colour one on it's there? The one. Brilliant. It is, yeah. So, what do you think Which of the... the actually, seeing... Sorry, I'm on a bit of a delay here. It's You're alright. Bit... Don't worry. Um, yeah, the, I, I, I've never seen... Like, seeing Patrick Troughton stuff in colour is slightly bizarre, because you don't get that till a bit kind of later on, normally. Well, I was, I was going to say that to you. Like, obviously, this sort of... You've got the collection box sets that are coming out now with all of the, you know, the classic stories... Obviously, yeah. when they've done all of that and that's all been released, they'll have to find another thing that they're going to do, like the even more mm. mega box set that they're going to sort of put into it. What what, what do you think about sort of colourising the black and white ones? Like the actual... Yeah, I don't know. I'm sort of in two minds about that because there's part of the black and white stuff I feel like has got a little bit of a charm to it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And actually, maybe some of the stuff you know, a lot of folks that remember watching it sort of first time round in black and white would, you know, said that that actually added a bit of the spookiness to it because it was very kind of shadowy and so it was, yeah. that was where the like hiding behind the sofa proper scary came from Yeah. for them, it being quite kind of dark and shadowy. But then at the same time, you think, well, it would be good to see them maybe if it could up the quality of them and make them look a little bit better. It might feel a bit more yeah. kind of relevant younger audiences aren't used to watching stuff in black and white you know like it, folks nowadays yeah. even don't back and watch black and white films because they're like that's nah, old it's, it does put know. people off and it, it doesn't put me yeah. off like at all but i no. can i can sort of understand why it does oh skype what just happened? skype just disappeared for some reason then no, you're still here. Oh, that's all, all right. Good. It was Zoom just uh, for anybody that's listening. It's fighting back. And, or maybe <laughs> anybody on Patreon that's watching this, there might be a sort of slight switch in quality now. Uh, Zoom decided that the best thing it could do is just sort of say, well, sorry, but we're not recording anymore. Like, we don't want this to happen. So we've moved over to Skype. And then Zoom has just told well, they, me. They do want it to happen, but they want you to pay for it. That's uh, That's right. <laughs> So uh, Zoom just interrupted my Skype. <laughs> Zoom interrupted the Skype and said, by the way, you're not on this anymore, even though I know. So, yeah. So uh, where were we? Oh, yeah. So about like colorizations. I know I've seen uh, some few, a few um, colorized like photos, still photos. Yeah. I think um, there's a few people that do it on Twitter. Like you see them occasionally. I think Clayton Hickman. Who does some of the did some of the DVD yes. covers? Some of those are great. Like, yeah. it's really yeah. If scary. Yeah, it's done well, then it, I think it could be really interesting to see if it would maybe kind of open it up to a new audience that would be put off by the black and white a little bit. Yeah, I think it might be nice to sort of do 
They could do one for like the 60th. I'm not sure how hard it is to colorize things. I'd imagine it's a right faff. I feel like it would be pretty painstaking. Because um, I'd assume that they'd but... have to sort of go frame by frame and like actually physically color it in. I'd... Yeah. I mean, we could be here a while waiting for the, the whole lot to be done. Yeah, it's, you know, that's a big job, that is. But, you know, it'd be interesting to see. I think it'd be interesting to see one, or at least just like sort of one snippet of a story, just yeah. to see whether it sort of adds or takes away anything. But like you were saying about some mm. people think that the whole black and white thing adds something to it, I completely mm. agree. And actually... Only recently, I've been hunting and hunting for a video player. You'll know this because of the the sort of the after show chat. I've been I like hunting. how well it's on display in the background. Oh. There, just there she is. But yeah, I've been hunting and hunting for a video player, and everybody listening probably knows this already that I found one. Uh, only because most of my like collection is all on video, so I was sort of a bit well, not lost without it because you know it's on BritBox, but I like to sort of actually physically do it and when the internet's not great mm-hmm. and it's just buffering it just makes you not want to do it and i will say watching it on video and it fills the screen in that sort of 4.3 it does add something to it like some of those classic stories look they don't look great obviously they're not like blu-ray quality but they probably look as good as they're gonna get like it really does add something mm-hmm. to it and yeah. it, it just makes you want to watch it whether it's i think it's sort of it might be the same sort of experience that people sort of say when they if they buy a record, but they buy it as a vinyl. There's something about that sort of tactile thing yeah. that people like. Absolutely. So maybe it's something to sort of to do with that. Mm-hmm. So getting back to the Macro Terra then, um, let's have a little look if we've got any facts. So I've got the um, uh, the working titles. There was a couple. Yeah. So the Spider Men. Yeah, that was fine till they turned them into a crab. Was was that not quite a last minute decision? Uh, it it could have been. You might you might be more well known than me. I know I've seen some of the sort of um, the production photos of the Macra. Like it's huge. The original, you know. Yeah, but, it was massive. But I think they only had one. Yeah, had like a big like mechanical a lot prop, of, like running around and trying to shunt it onto a different truck. Yeah, I've seen it on the back of a lorry. There is a like a promo shot of it, like on yeah. the lorry. Um, the other one, the insect men. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean they're not really. There's nothing very man about them, really. They're they're just bugs, really. Yeah, aren't they? they're well, just yeah they're uh, creatures. There's nothing really very man about them. Yeah, and and the macros. So that's what it says in the tin. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. If we sort of stick with the animation a little bit as well, I've got um, I've got a breakdown of what changed for the animation depending on what was sort of on the original. So uh-huh. what what do you think of the animation? Is How many of the animations have you seen? I'm trying to think how many um, there actually is. Yeah, there's a couple. Yeah, no, I quite like it. I, I don't mind it. I mean, it's obviously not like, you know, top quality... Anime, but there's something quite nice about that in itself as well. Yeah, I, I think, think it, as long as you go into it thinking it's not Pixar that are doing this, like it's no, not like that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think I was expecting anything. Yeah, yeah. Too much. I don't know whether that would slightly take away from it if it went a bit sort of Scooby Doo and it was all about daft. It would, yeah, it just right. Without it. I think 
it's sort of it doesn't need it either, really, Doctor Who. Like no, it's sort of it's very still. I say it's very still as they're all running about, but it's it's shot sort of very to the point, and it's all very static, isn't it? And the the characters uh-huh. move, but the Almost camera stays. Flipbook animation rather than yeah. like high quality stuff. But I think because it's still the original audio that they've used, they've probably had to work within limits of that as well and not kind of overdo it. I think that's one of the things that sort of, one, it works in its favour, obviously having the original audio that you just basically, you know, maybe half of the work's done because you've already got something to work from. But on the other hand, when you've got sort of big long scenes of sort of nobody speaking, the animation becomes very weird and almost awkward. Like, sort of, when you're watching somebody just sort of look. There's a couple of silent bits where there's some shuffling about going yeah, on. I'm not quite sure what it's meant to be. In episode four, when Jamie's done the, the dance to sort of, oh, we do the Highland flick and then we go out the door, and yeah. then he comes back in, there's a good sort of 15 seconds there where the doors are just <laughs> opening and closing as they're sort of getting a little bit closer. <laughs> But it's sort of like, well... It's the only time that there's cowboy doors in the whole episode. Yeah. The rest of them are sliding doors, apart from those ones. It's, yeah, it's the, it's the one thing with the animations is that you, you do lose that. You sort of, you lose the looks. And you're obviously, you're going to. And the cliche thing that everybody says about the Troughton stuff is that, oh, all the acting's in his face. Like, you, you can't see all of his sort of expressions and things like that, mm-hmm. which is true. Yeah. But I think it does a pretty good job. I'm not sure whether it's... What the best animation? What's what's your favourite one that you've seen? Well, I'm trying to think because I think the next one's an animated one as well, or certainly on Britbox. The next one is—is is that not the faceless? Uh, yeah, the faceless ones. Um, that's there, but I think I've only seen that in the black and white. Maybe. Yeah, let's have a look. Uh, 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 uh. So look, season four. And then, I mean, obviously I've seen the Daleks one as well because Dalek daft over here. So um, Power yeah. of the Daleks I, I was the first one that I dipped into with the cartoons. Yeah, well, they've got two versions of Power of the Daleks, haven't they? There's the normal version and then they mm-hmm. sort of redid it. But I've, I've got the, like, the special edition, they've called it. Mm-hmm. But I haven't watched it yet, so I'm not entirely sure how different... No, I think, I mean, I've just seen, again, it's the one that's on BritBox for me, it's the one I've seen, I'm going to have to look now. Hang on, yeah, I see my... which one it is. So you've got Power okay. of the Daleks, that's been animated. The Highlanders, that yep. hasn't. Underwater Menace, there's only one episode of that lost. Yeah, a bit of that, yeah. Moonbase, they've animated that. Macro Terror, that's done. Faceless again, Ones. Is all of the Moonbase, or is that just half of that that's missing? Yeah, there's only a couple of episodes in Moonbase. Maybe... Just two, I right, think. Here we, go, here we go. Here we go. Is it? I think it's yes, episode one, one and three. Part one and part two are animated, oh, and then it? three and four appear to be actual. Uh. Yeah, faceless ones is black and white. Oh, I've just started playing things. Um, See, it's yeah. o- it's only the Highlanders that hasn't been done. Yeah. Which makes me think that maybe. Oh, and the smugglers actually, because you've got a bit of Hartnell of you in this in Troughton's first season, because he sort of comes halfway through. But maybe if they sort yeah. of ignored it and just sort of started fresh with Troughton and sort of stuck the Hartnell remaining ones on the on the last season box set, mm-hmm. they could maybe do like season one of Troughton very soon. Yeah. 
sort of... Because there's a 10th planet. There's a bit of 10th planet is an animated as well. Yeah, there is. I forgot about that, actually. Yeah, part three. It's only because I've got it up in front of me. I'm not that (laughs) insecticide. It's like, God, you you know all these facts, Caroline. Uh, What else have we got? So in season... Blah, blah, blah. In season five, Tomb of the Cybermen, that exists. Uh, Abominable Snowmen. That's just been animated, hasn't it? I don't think it's come out yet. Yeah, I've not seen that one yet, no. I'm not entirely sure if it's out. It might be. I don't know. The Ice Warriors, yeah. Enemy of the World, yeah. Web of Fear, yeah, that's been done. Fury from the Deep, that's been done. Wheel in Space. I would love the Wheel in Space to be animated because it's one of my favourite stories. Mm -hmm. If, If anybody listening hasn't listened to the Wheel in Space, it gets a lot of flack for some reason, but I think it's great. It's Zoe's first story. Um, then season six. Dominators, yeah. Mind Robber, yeah. The Invasion. Croton, Seeds of Death. Space Pirates. So it's just the Space Pirates that doesn't exist in that one. I think my yeah. favourite animation is The Invasion. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I think it was the first one as well, if I'm not going mad. It's the top of my head. I think yeah, I think it was the first one, um, but yeah, I think I think they're okay. They yeah, I think they serve the purpose. That at least you can follow through with the story with it, which is kind of what you need. Although, as you say, like although there's little bits missing, it's not enough to put you off the story. No, and it's sort of quite fun in the same way that when you're watching maybe this is just me, but when you're watching the really old ones and you know that they've been, like they're all made out of cardboard and you're looking for those little wobbles and the little bits of like oh it's studio floor yeah you can look in the cartoons for the little bit that you're like oh they've totally not bothered yeah it's the bit that stood out for me when you're saying the sort of silence and them not quite moving is the bit when they're fumbling at the door when they're trying to get Jamie's trying to unlock the door oh yeah and he just stands with one key. Yeah. There's loads of jingling going on and rattling, but the little cartoon's just That's the thing, isn't it? key in the door. You do you do lose that sort of the movement because they're sort yeah. of But it is what it is. I think they're much if you prefer to watch them rather than listen to the audiobook. Mm-hmm. it's the best way to do it because there's reconstructions, isn't there? Point. Yeah. There's um the loose cannon ones are great. But you know, it's you do get to sort of at least watch them move a bit more sort of yeah. in an animated way. So yeah, try to see what they change. So they there's a scene at the beginning of um episode one where they arrive on the base, um and they sort of the doctor go uh, gets all cleaned up and everything, all of that is removed. I don't know why. So the refreshing department sequence is removed, including the rough and tumble machine. Instead, Polly already has her hair cut short. So yeah, I wondered about that because I'm looking at it and that doesn't look like. But and then you kind of remember like there was meant to be more to it. Yeah. So I think from oh from what I can remember, not that I was there, but um, <laughs> Annika Wills had long hair, and then she had a hair cut. But didn't tell the production staff. Oh, she had to wear a wig for like the first part of the episode, and then she goes and has her hair cut, and then she can have a sort of short, right, sixties uh, hair. Clever. So, clever. but yeah, it, it's you know, it's a good way to get out of it. I always think like, I wonder if there's any stories that we'll get from New Who that's like that in years to come. Of like, you hear the little, you know, little stories like that. 
But oh, was there not points where Gillen and Smith were both bald and then were required to come back because they both had a mad head shaving moment in between? Oh, us. yeah, actually. Because they brought her back for the end of Matt Smith stuff and she was already doing the Marvel stuff with, and that's when she'd shaved ah. her head. So for that last bit in the TARDIS. Oh, I didn't know that actually. Some of, yeah, so the the very last bit when he's given like his final regeneration speech and the bow tie comes off and he drops it and everything. Yeah. He's bald as a coot when they filmed that. That's a ginger wow. wig. Um, sure, there's some of it was that done as well since he shaved his head. I seem to remember we reviewed an episode a while ago and his hair, I'm sure it was Matt Smith. His hair's like short and then it's long and then it's short and then it's long. Like yeah, it moves. Now that is, that was Time of Angels. Right. They talk about that in one of the audio commentaries. Because that was the first one he ever filmed, which is why he genuinely uh, was about six years old in it. And then they sort of restyled him halfway through it, and so his hair changes length quite dramatically all the right. way through. Right. Because, I, yeah, I remember watching it thinking, something's not right here. But, you know, when you, it's sort of not enough for you to notice until you notice. Until and somebody says still- it. it, it <laughs> suppose I can hear it in, in the audio conversation, I still hear it in my head, and they're like, Matt Smith's yeah. hair changed length all the way through it. And now I'm like, oh my God, it does. It's, yeah, it's, it wouldn't bother me, but that was the first one they filmed. Was those two, the Weeping Angels ones in the caves, the Time of Angels ones. Yeah, why? And, what? Why and now, also, he now that you think about it, in the order of the episode, he genuinely looks younger in that episode than he does in any of the other ones. He does. Uh, I think, especially in like, he does look really young. How was he? Twenty six. Twenty six when he took it on. That's scary. That is, like twenty six. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm okay. Um, what else have we got that's different in the animation to the original? Um, da, 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 da. The macro now have legs. So, yeah, the macro actually look different in the animation. They do look like a crab. Yeah. Whereas in the original, they're sort of a blob with a pincer, aren't they, really? With sort of two lights. Yeah, yeah. But... Was that a budget thing, do we think? I think it could be a budget thing, most likely, but I think it actually works quite well because you never really see them. No. From, you know, well, it's hard to say without actually watching the original, but from all the sort of the stills that have appeared over time and things like that, they you don't really see them. They're, they're always in the dark or they're sort of low light. So... I don't think it's as bad. I think if they were out there in the open, yeah, I think that wouldn't work very well. And sometimes... No, I've just looked it up. It genuinely looks like somebody's sort of done up a tank, really, doesn't it? I don't know how well you can really <laughs> see that. It looks like somebody's sort of put like a claw on a tank. We'll just do that. That's fine. It's close enough. That'll do. Yeah, it's fine. So I think, yeah... They were supposed to be crabs, weren't they? I think the original sort of script says that they're crabs. And I think they even say it in the story. I, I, see, I've got a funny feeling I read somewhere. I was trying to read up before this and then sort of did that really half-assed thing of not making a note of it. But I'm sure there was something <laughs> where they said it was after the scripts had gone out, like after the first read-through, that they went, right, what are we going with? Are they spiders or are they crabs? And they sort of went, right, crab. And yeah. that was where it came from. Well, well yeah, they're, they're definitely more crabby. In yeah. in the animation than they were in the original. Um, what else have we got? 
That's on the thing. It's actually, it's another bit that slightly doesn't marry up with the scripts because so the first sort of two episodes in the, the animation, they are talking about them like, oh, they're like bugs, they're like insects. And yeah. It's halfway through episode two or something that Polly goes, oh, they're a bit like a crab. And you're like, ah, oh, all right. So not an insect then, Polly. Um, yeah. Well, there's not there's not that much actually that's that different. Um, yeah. The, there's sort of more macro than there was. There's loads of macro in the control room instead of just having one. So, but yeah, it's not that different. I'd say it's pretty true. Um, I know the, t- the title sequence is slightly odd because it's the Troughton title sequence with the Hartnell theme. Yeah. So I think apparently that the story before still had the Hartnell theme and the Hartnell title sequence. And then they changed the title yeah, sequence for this one. Not like a balls up, but it should have been a whole new one. And then they didn't. Yeah, do they it forgot right. to put the audio on it. So <laughs> we'll do it for the next one. It'll be fine. Classic sixties BBC. Oh shit! <laughs> It'll be fine. I think thing, Dave, you had one job. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the thing, isn't it? You know, back then they never thought anybody was ever going to watch it again. So nobody's going to notice anything like that. To sort of, no. you know, it's completely fine. So let's have a little dive through the plot. Sort of trying to sum it up, basically. So the Doctor and co. arrive on this planet, and there's a sort of colony there that at first seems like a sort of holiday camp. But Mm. it's not a holiday camp. They're all sort of working... Well, it's just... Essentially, it's just a colony, isn't it? But then we find out that this colony has been sort of brainwashed into helping these macro creatures and then that's it essentially isn't it that they sort of the macro die get killed off and everybody is sort of released and fine so one thing i was wondering is whenever we see control on the screen Mm -hmm. or when we whenever we hear the voice that is not the voice of, like, the old bloke who is actually, like, the old controller. No. So, uh, yeah. who is that? Is that a macro? Is that what we're well, supposed to believe, or is it, like... End, that's what it starts to look. By the last episode, you know, when they are starting to, like, challenge it and they find out what's really going on... It's like looking at the screen, isn't it? Like it's having... A, it's just got some sort of tannoy system. Yeah, because I think... In which case, it's a very well-spoken crab. Very, very... It sounds. I. It's, I do not think it sounds quite Stephen Fry. It voice. does, yeah. <laughs> Better than some of the Tannoy voices, like the the awful American accent of the the one at the very beginning. I think there's a few people, isn't there, that sort of do like mm-hmm. the announcement ones. Yeah. And these awful, awful American accents that like cannot be forgiven. Like dreadful. No. no. But yeah, I, I'm trying to remember like what I thought from the audio book, whether I thought that is a macro, because it's never really addressed. So I think if you're listening to just the audio, that's really confusing, because you probably think that there's Mm -hmm. a man that they're controlling. But there isn't. Like, it's just that it's that old bloke that, I know they are sort of controlling him, but once he's sort of killed off, it's just the macro, but we still still carry on hearing a voice. his voice, yeah. So whether it's supposed to be sort of like a... That's like a sort of generic Stephen Hawking esque voice that just says all of the things. Yeah, but like you say, when I you see it speaking, sort of reproduced his voice somehow, or maybe. 
I don't know, but yeah, I know what you mean. That that did throw me as well. Yeah, because at the start, even if they had gone with like they've got him under complete mind control or like plugged in somewhere. Yeah. Then you would, would go yeah. right, but they're controlling him entirely. But they're not. They've just sort of got him in a corner, and then, and then he's fine. Um, and then he just does, and because he's he's terrified to speak when they get him up on screen. Yeah, because it's just this little old man, isn't it? That's just sort of yeah. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm I was slightly confused with that as well. But certainly by the end of it, when it's having like when you know towards the end when they're about to when Ben's about to set off the explosion. Yeah. Does look like it's just the macro having a tantrum with the voice of Stephen Fry. Yeah, it's <laughs> it is a bit sort of, eh? When you try mm. and think about it, I think just I think the key is to probably just not think into it too much yeah. and just ignore it, just pretend, you know. Well, the only the only other bit that came up that I sort of maybe went, oh, okay, maybe that's what they were hinting at was you know again in Gridlock when. The doctor's looking and he's like, oh, they used to be a really intelligent species, but now they're really primitive down here. And you go, well, is that because they used uh, to be able to speak and now they don't? See, that's I why we know. invited you on, Caroline, because you, you think of all of the things that I would never have thought <laughs> of to say. I'm probably giving them too much credit. I don't think anybody else has thought about it this They're much. just a crab. They're just a crab. <laughs> it's just a crab. It sounds like Stephen Fry, Caroline. Get over it. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, then. Let's have a little look at the, the cast, because I think that... And very basically, that is the plot, isn't it? Essentially, that everybody gets brainwashed by these macro to work for them because they need the gas to yep. survive and they're mining the gas. So they manage to kill the macro at the end by using the gas sort of almost against them by causing the explosion. And then there you go. Sorted. It. Everybody's happy. Fixed. So let's Is it the same gas they're using to mind control? Now. I'm a bit confused by the mind control thing. It was sleeping gas. It was sleeping gas. And they do mention that the and gas is poisonous. So yeah. the, the gas that the mic the, the micro? That's the Nissan Micra. That's the that, Nissan Micra. <laughs> so the gas that the Nissan Micra are uh, eating to sort of stay alive, that's poisonous to everybody. So what is the thing that's mind controlling them? I think I'm, I'm assuming they're just hypnotized then, aren't they? They must just. Then in the bunk scene, you know, like when the doctor's taking the things off with the yeah. screwdriver. That's there, there's there's sleeping gas. It says don't be alarmed by sleeping gas. Well, where does that come from? Yeah, I, I think there are too many gases. Yeah, too many gases. Uh, too many gases. Because when when the sort of when the companions are all asleep, there's yeah. that voice, isn't there? Like everything here is good. Like, yeah. you know, don't worry about that. Which is great. I think that's really eerie and really creepy. It's, yeah, it's it great. Was. But I'm sure, do we see gas coming in through like a vent? Or am yeah, I... because it says don't be alarmed by the sleeping gas. So, right, okay. So let's. And then it starts going breathe deeply and it starts to sound like one of these like self relaxation videos. Yeah, I, I love the bit as well where they say over the tannoy that there's a. There's an intruder on the loose, and he's killed a load of people. And da 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 da. But don't worry. Good night. Like sleep. <laughs> don't worry about it. You know he's only killed a load of people, but it'll be fine. We'll sort it. We'll sort it. Don't you worry. But yeah, let's try and pick up out the gas then. So there's sleeping gas. So let's assume that the sleeping gas is literally to just make them sleep. So yeah. then, is the voice just like? Making them brainwashed? Is it the voice that's doing it, or is it like 
something in the sleeping gas? Are we thinking yeah. into this too much? I don't know. I don't. I don't think they've they've thought that any of us would pick it apart this hard. Maybe that's, that's the problem. There's the voice comes on when they're already sleeping, so you think right. So it's like a subliminal messaging thing. Yeah. And then Jamie's awake. Yeah. And then the voice stops until he's just about to sleep again. And then it starts going, do not be alarmed by the sleeping gas. And you're like, you don't need sleeping gas. The rest of them are asleep. It's yeah, just everybody, yeah, everybody's asleep. But then I assumed that was what the doctor was hiking off the wall with the screwdriver. Yeah, because he says that it's... the gas vent thing. I think we're probably just thinking into it too much. Or it was a speaker. I don't know. <laughs> it could be. Could be a speaker. We're there thinking was into gas it too in much. it somewhere. Because yeah. everything goes all wibbly, even in the animation. Everything oh, yeah, it does. Everything goes a bit sort of... Yeah. Oh, who knows? Well, somebody must know. So, TARDIS team. So we got yeah. Doctor Who, Ben, Polly mm-hmm. and Jamie. What do you think of these four? Um, do you know what? I like Jamie. We love a bit of Jamie. Yeah. Ben in this one is a bit of a dick, but it's sort of not his fault. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. He does get taken by the hypnotism, but it's just... Yeah, it just slightly winds me up, but then you're like, I know it's because he's been hypnotised and he's been gassed slash subliminally controlled, whatever. He does play Um, it quite well, though, I will say. Yeah, I was going to say, it's quite interesting how they don't have him, like, oh, he's fine again. He's not fine again. There's quite a lot of, like, in between me, you don't know whether you trust him or not. Yeah. I like that, um, you know, where you're sort of, you're never quite sure. Yeah. Um, Polly, do, do we not find Polly a little bit whingy in this? I know I should be sticking up for the women, but do we not find her a little bit whingy? She is, she's a little bit whingy. She's not as bad as, like, Victoria, who just sort of yeah is terrified of everything and doesn't want to do anything. She's quite, she's quite resourceful. And I think mm-hmm. in most of her stories she is. I know in Moonbase, she you know, essentially finds the way to sort of kill the Cybermen with sort of yeah, nail polish remover and, you know. Yeah, she comes up with a plan in that one. Yeah. Just, but, I feel like in this one they gave her an awful lot, like they give her the big damsel in distress bit with Ben. Yeah. There's an awful lot of like, even when they're trying to shut the door and she's like, oh, I can, oh, I can. And you're like, oh, get a grip, love. Yeah, like, come on, just push the door. You know, and then when they've got them down the mines, and you're like, oh, she's fell over, and you know, and you can please don't make it that the women sprained your ankle all the time. <laughs> yeah. I think at the end, she does come into her own when she's standing up for them when they're shouting at the controller and yeah. stuff. It's, oh, yeah, she's yeah. starting to stand up for herself a little bit. She so. does come back, they redeem she's, her a bit. Yeah, she's redeemed. I think that I think it is overcrowded. I, I think two companions is like the limit. I yeah. Think and because I, I know Jamie wasn't in, you know, initially wasn't going to stay on as a companion, but because they got on so well, they were like, let's just use him and see what happens with it. Yeah. And I think, especially having two male companions that are both essentially the same sort of thing. I know Jamie's like a historical character, but they're just two strong men, aren't they? They're just. Yeah, they've both got the same sort of function within yeah. the team, haven't they? To they're be just the sort to sort of, of punch bit. everything and. <laughs> yeah, they're the brawn bit. Yeah. Um, but I guess that was what was quite clever about this episode, in that Ben's kind of taken out of the equation again a little bit, because yeah. he then is kind of flipped onto the side of the bad for a while. 
they sort of remove him, so it, it does kind of make a bit of a difference. It differentiates the characters a little bit. Yeah. Jamie's still sort of doing the heroic bit, and then Ben's like off somewhere else having his own struggle with his gas. With his thing. gas, his gas problem. His gas behaviours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like Ben. I think. I, I always think I like Ben. I'm never completely convinced that I do. Yeah, he's not one of the ones that sort of really stands out in my head. And yet, actually, when you go back and you watch the episode, you're like, do you know what's going on with you, mate, actually? Yeah, he's yeah, he's great and everything. It's the same. I have the same with Stephen, where I sort of think, I don't know if I like you or not. But then when I watch him in it, I think, yeah, you, you, yeah. Yeah, fine. but they're never one of the ones, you know, when people go, like, name the sort of classic companions. He's never one that comes you'd up. Ne- like, no. I forgot that Ben was there. I think Polly is probably a bit overlooked as well. Like, you wouldn't sort of... Yeah, uh, yeah, no, definitely. Go straight in. And maybe, like, the later Hantle ones, like the Vicky and, you know, Dodo. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you they're sort of overlooked, aren't they? And then once you get into sort of Tom uh, John Pertwee's run... Yeah, you, you just go straight into your Sarah Jane's... Everybody and, like, is sort of your, quite yeah. memorable, memorable, not rememberable. Um, but, yeah, I think they work well together. They... They seem to, they obviously like really bounce off each other and enjoy, mm. you know, enjoy doing it. Yeah, I um, think so. But yeah, I think, I think sometimes you can sense that Jamie and Ben's character, like the lines have sort of been split between them. Like they've sort of just written it for one and they're like sort of. Yeah, because they, they end up just sort of it. saying the same thing, but in, you know, uh-huh. in a different sort of way. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, on the whole, I think I I really enjoyed the Macrotera. I think this is probably the second or third time that I've watched the you know watched the animation for this. Yeah, and I think the animation's fine. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all you can ask from it. Really, is that it's yeah, know. it's just filling that gap of where the episode should be. Do you know? Yeah. And I think. I'd rather this than them try and reenact it with other kind of lookalike actors or anything. Yeah. Far rather this that there's still an element of like not mystery to it because that sounds silly, but do you know what I mean? Like just leave it as a sort of yeah. This is where this should be, and we know it's missing. Yeah. But you can still enjoy it in the following way. It ways, fills the gap in the shelf, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. completely fine. Um, any other characters stick out for you? Um. I mean, you've got your... Is it Medoc? 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 Yeah, Medoc. He comes into it quite a bit, doesn't he? And then they do that classic thing of making him really important for the first two and a half episodes and, and then, then polish it off as well. Yeah. He's like, Gah. he's been carrying it for two and a half episodes and then yeah. he boots him out. Um, which is obviously... that. I mean, it's not the first science fiction. He's the, he's the sort of red shirt equivalent for sort of Star Trek. Yeah, really. yeah. Um, but it was quite an interesting way to do it, that at the beginning you're not quite sure whether he's going to be like a sort of evil character because, yeah. you know, they make it sound like escaped prisoner I think that, yeah, in the mental hospital thing and you're like, no, actually, he's the one that is sane. Yeah, well, that's the thing. When they when they first enter the holiday camp and they sort of, you know, every, everything's great and everybody's really happy and it starts with that awful music, like the... The Nintendo 64. Yeah, what's... I don't know what they... Sega stuff. Ugh. What are they? They're not cheerleaders, are they? What do you call those, like... Oh, the sort of majorette things. Majorettes, that's it. Where they, like, yeah. stick twirling and things like that. With the really serious faces, though. Yeah, There's something quite sinister serious. about them. Yeah. But... 
Yeah. Yeah, it's a really nice atmosphere. Like, I'd love to see this. I hope that one day it comes back. Not to sort of put anything down on the animation, but I'd, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see all of them. But, you know, I think this is one that could be really interesting. This and uh, Fury from the Deep, I think I'd like mm-hmm. to see. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a nice um, one. Yeah, what else have we got? Who've we got? Ola? I mean, he's just your classic baddie. There's nothing much you can say about him other than he's just a bit of a dick. Yeah, he's he's a good person to hate. He's your like, classic baddie. Yeah, he's Power good. Uh, you got the yeah. pilot. Then pilot, yeah. yeah. I think he's fine. He's, he's all right, actually, because he's, he's sort of semi-likeable. Yeah, and he sort of gets talked around a bit, doesn't he, at the end? Yeah. You know, sort of, you know, and you sort of... He's kind of the leader of this weird place and this weird sort of sinister shit show. Yeah, and you get the sort of sense that there's... Yeah, you get the sense that there's sort of a... Maybe like a capitalism sort of thing that's going on with the story. Mm -hmm. That they're all working for something, but they're not quite sure what it is, but they don't want to question Mm -hmm. it, but they're just going to go for it. But he's sort of in on it, but doesn't really... Agree, yeah, he's maybe. Sort of found himself in that position, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he sort of just ended up there in an uncomfortable sort of way. But um, yeah, I think I'd I'd really like I'd really liked it. I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you what, let's let's give it a rating. Uh, we'll use our system of you can give a gold star if you wish, green, amber, red, or you can give a brown award if it's really bad but so good that it's terribly, you know. <laughs> Yeah, there's a few of them in the canon, but uh, <laughs> not for this one. I, I would give this a green. I really like this yeah. one. I'm quite happy with this one. I mean, other than th- there's maybe slightly too many alarms is my only other criticism. Yes. There's a lot of alarms going off and you don't know what half of them are for. They need a lot of explanation. Yeah. It's my only other criticism of it. I'll, <laughs> I'll note that down <laughs> for the next rewatch. Too many yeah. alarms. Caroline doesn't like all of the alarms that go off. Uh, yeah, I'm going to follow you there and, and vote this one a green as well. Definitely. I Initially, I thought it was going to be quite a boring story. I knew that I sort of liked mm-hmm. the audiobook, but maybe it sort of... It wouldn't gain anything by being able to be watched yeah. like, visually, I think. But I, I, was, I was wrong. I think the animation's great. I yeah. probably enjoyed it more... This time watching it for this than before. Okay, yeah. So I think it has sort of grown. It's grown on me a little bit. And I think it helps that it's only a four-parter as well. In my head, I thought it was a six. So I thought, well, how do they drag that story out for six parts? Like, Right, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I'm going to vote it a green, I think. Yeah, green for me. Well worth it. Well worth it. Yes, get involved, people. Right. Let's move on and do a little bit of chat about Ten and Tate. Oh, yes. Let's do it. WCCY. So, before we move on to the new Who story, we've also got another new Doctor announcement, or newish, old, new, old old Doctor announcement, and a new, old, new, old, new companion. So... For anybody who is living under a rock, David Tennant and Catherine Tate are returning to the New Who to reprise their roles as, we'd assume, the Tenth Doctor, and we'd assume Donna Noble, 
Yeah, we. I mean, we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I am really chuffed with it because everybody loves him. You know, there's that little bit of me, the amount of people that it, it just slightly because I'm really petty. The amount of people that are like, just bring back David Tennant, and you're like, shut up, we're yeah. done. Don't do it. They'll listen to sort you. Sort of got their own way. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, but. I'm, I'm really interested to see how they've got around it. How they've yeah. got around bringing Donna back into it when, you know, she was very much ruled out with her storyline. You know, if she remembers well, yeah, that's, yeah. dead. And so, you know, and then there's sort of chat about whether or not it's like the Metacrisis Doctor that somehow reappeared. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to get around this one. I'm really intrigued. But I mean, it's sort of how Russell T. Davis functions, isn't it? That he just... Just goes for it. Bends the rules, <laughs> goes for it, and pulls yeah. out absolutely everything, so... It's, um... Yeah, I remember seeing it, and I think, uh, you know, in full disclosure, I think when I saw the announcement, I sort of, a little part of me sort of just thought, oh, God, like, why? Just, mm. just bring him back for maybe just one episode, but I suppose... Well, I'd assume it is just one episode. It's probably something to do with the 60th. Yeah, I think so. But, I think so. yeah, it's, I don't know. Well, I think it'd be interesting to see. I don't think it's going to be straight, like, a lost adventure sort of style thing of, actually, this is just a no. time that we didn't see on screen back then. Yeah, because getting picky about it, like he is in a different costume. Okay, it's still yeah. similar, but it's different. It's a totally different set of colours for his costume. Yeah, and he's been pictured with a different Sonic. And it's Jodie's Tardis. Yes. So. so oh yeah. Yeah. So that could be fun because he's got a whole brand new Sonic. So I don't know whether this is going to be some sort of alternate universe thing or. Yeah. Something. Well, the, there was a press release, wasn't there? I I'm, I'm not going to find it, but the sort of gist of it was Russell T. Davis said something like, "They're back, but how's this possible? Like, could it be, you know, uh, a parallel universe? Could it be a forgotten memory? Could it be a da 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 da?" And as he's sort of reeling off all of these things, you're thinking, right? Well, it's none of those. Like, because he said it, it. it's going to be something else, Absolutely. you know. So there's also, do you know how he was saying he was throwing in red herrings about who the new doctor was before they announced Shooty yeah. as well? There's a bit of me going, wouldn't this just be the best cover if he'd just filmed all this for absolutely yeah, for no cover? reason? Can you just a red herring? Everybody's been in Camden going, we've done yeah. it, we're on to them. And it's David, nothing. can you just come to Camden just for a couple can of you days? Just come and piss about and, and, and pretend to be in costume for a bit. I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll Bernard Cribbins out as well. Yeah. What, let's do. Oh. I love him so much. That was I'm the so one thing. Bernard Cribbins is back. When it's... I saw those photos of them on set and Bernard Cribbins was there, I was like, all right, okay, fair play. Like, yeah. You're, gonna, you're doing it, you know. Because he's, he's getting on now as well, isn't he? But Ah, he's in his 90s, is he not? I would have thought he's probably in his late 90s as well. I've got a feeling he's about 96. Could be. Sure. Oh, Let me Siri it. Get it, yeah. But, oh. Hey, Bless. Siri. How old is Bernard Cribbins? Bernard Cribbins is 93 years old. 93. I'll take that. Bless so. him. But, oh, I'm just... Yeah, because obviously there's more to him than, like, the Donna's granddad thing. Like, if he's been back for the 60th... Yeah. You know, he's got massive history with the show because he was in the films and stuff. Yeah. And he, he needs to be here. If you were going yeah. to bring back anybody... 
my hope is that they my hope is that they sort of film a lot of stuff with him that they could use not to be like morbid but you know he is obviously getting on chances are it's the last shot you've got at getting him well, it's oh. sort of, you know, similar to like what they're sort of doing with Big Finish with, I'm, I'm not a Big Finish listener, but they've got like thousands of hours worth of Tom Baker stuff that's pre-recorded that I'll see them yeah. in, like far into the future. Like they've just yeah. sort of hogtied Tom Baker into a chair and just made him read like every word of the dictionary so that they can AI him to death when he's, you know, when he's snuffed Pretty it. Much. Yeah. But, yeah, um, going. yeah. I can't help. I would have thought they could sort of, they could do something. You know, Russell seems to be the sort of person that has a very long idea plan. So yeah. that he could sort of say, right, we'll film a load of stuff, but we won't need this for about three years. So he can sort of. Yeah. Sometimes I'm not even sure he knows what he's doing with it, but he's like, let's just get it all down. And then I've got all bases covered yeah. and we'll play with it from there. It does see, he does yeah. seem a bit of a plate spinner where he just sort of goes for it and just thinks well let, mm-hmm. let's see what happens have we have we mm-hmm. discussed the russell news on the after show of russell coming back we have i don't know because when when did that get announced i, I think we must have yeah at least, we, it was definitely out by sea devils it must have been yeah it probably wasn't quite for flux but i think it must have been for sea devils yeah. Well, are you are you looking forward to the centenary? I am. Do you know what? The fiftieth was just it was brilliant. Yeah. I was so excited around the fiftieth, um, and I went I went down and did the experience thing. Oh, you know, the, brilliant! The celebration they yeah. called it, which was basically just a massive convention. But it's sort of they don't like the word convention because it's <laughs> connotations <laughs> of geeks. Yeah. Um, but that's entirely what it was, and it was brilliant. We went yeah. down for that. It was fab. Um, brilliant. And like Capaldi was there, and you know he hadn't even appeared yet, but him and Jenna were there, and they were doing the panels and stuff. So I mean, it was great. So yeah. I got very giddy. So if they do something like that again, I will one hundred percent be going. Yeah. So wait, we've got we've got the centenary this year, haven't we? And then we got the sixtieth. No, well, we'd assume it'd yeah. be November of next so think, year. So yeah, so I I love the build up around these episodes and the sort of the big episodes, and I think if again if they can get it right, like they did with the fiftieth, yeah. And make a big thing if these. Two, I don't know whether are they doing them sort of that they're kind of fairly linked stories. Do we know? I don't think we know anything really. I think once Russell sort of takes over, I'd assume that we'd get more information because the whole yeah. Chibnall era has been very sort of hush hush. Like there's been hardly any photos from sets and anything no. like that. But like no. instantly, day one of filming with Russell, there's David Tennant on set. It's <laughs> like. Absolute explosion of stuff, wasn't Which, it? Which, on the one hand, I can see that that really annoys some people because they just want to be able to not think about it and not ignore it until it happens. Yeah. But in the other, on the other hand, it really just like throws a bomb into social media and it just does. makes it's everybody just talk about it. Such a buzz about the program yeah. again, doesn't it? Which I think for me has been missing because I love a bit of build up and starting to think about it and getting little plans yeah. going and. I think so, yeah. I mean, I'm interested to see like the 60th. Obviously, is going to be a Russell thing, which is like that's kind of in its own thing. But yeah. with the centenary, I'm not sure because it's going to be like that handover episode. I'm like, how good? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that one yet? It's I'm maybe not as excited as I should be yet. But then, I think it's it's one of those things that not to be 
you know, Chris Chibnall's had loads of hate, you know. I mean... He has, yeah. Rightly or wrongly, he's not had an easy run. Mostly from us. Uh, yeah, on- <laughs> just the after show. Anybody wants to, you know. It's, uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he drops the ball with the centenary. Because, I mean, he hasn't had the best track record of sort of following through with a plan, like with flux sort of things start to sort of fall apart a little bit towards the end. It slightly pissed me off because, again, when they announced Chibnall and we did this back on our podcast, and I was so excited because, like, his Doctor Who episodes previously had kind of been fine and everybody was like, yeah, great. Yeah. But I went off on one because I was obsessed by Broadchurch when he wrote that. Absolutely hooked on it. I thought it was some cracking writing, the the cliffhangers, the little red herrings, the it was brilliant. It was and I was like, see if we get like Doctor Who writing like that. Yeah. Of like a run through of stories, like little red herrings. I was thinking back to sort of your bad wolf thing when it was mm. just drip fed in absolutely all the way through the series. Something like that. And I just feel like it didn't live up to it. And I sort of felt like, oh, God, I really bigged this up, thinking, oh, he's a great writer, and we're going to get some really good storylines. And it kind of didn't happen. Yeah. I think and that's, it did feel a bit... Mm. I think we said something similar. Like, I'd, I'd never seen Broadchurch. I knew, obviously, it was huge. Like, when it was on, yeah, it was just, like, the thing that was on television that everybody yeah. was watching. So when the Flux thing got announced and they did those sort of little press release videos of like Chris Chibnall saying it's all going to be one storyline and da 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 I think we had the conversation on the podcast of like well that'll definitely work in his favour because it seems to be that that's the thing that he's really comfortable with that he can just sort of keep going Mm -hmm. with it but at the same time I think he probably went a little bit too big and just sort of thought well uh, and Covid probably didn't help I know that you can't use Covid as the excuse for everything but it probably didn't help that they didn't have enough as much time to sort of mm. get things done and work through things together. Mm-hmm. And I think there's probably a part of it is the actors as well. If they're not directed in a certain way, they're not going to, you know, well, much like with um, Vincent and the Doctor that we'll get onto, if you sort of don't get told the monster is right here and you need to do this and this is what it's sort of going to look like and it's going to react like this with little direction, they're probably not going to have as much idea of what's going on, so it gets acted a bit differently than what you'd yeah. expect. Yeah. So there's probably there's loads of factors that go into a story maybe not working as well as you thought it would. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, like I said at, at the start of the podcast, like, it'd be interesting to see how, a few years from now, how people look back on the Chibnall era yeah. Whether it'll be sort of like McCoy. Like, I know when McCoy took over, everybody was a bit sort of like, oh, not not interested. But now, mm. I think people really enjoy McCoy's series. Yeah. Series? Series I? You know, they, you know <laughs> they, they look back on them a little bit differently. So it might be nice to see how, mm. how that works. But Yeah, and yeah. it's funny, I think that the next little while, as I say, the fact that it's Russell that's coming back, if he can come back with a bang... Yeah. Will it sort of blow it out of the water, or will he be able to make it kind of flow? You know, whether he keeps some of the Chibnall stuff going so that it all fits together, or whether he just sort of ignores it. 
yeah. and goes on his own thing again. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's going to be interesting if he can keep referencing back to it and tie it all up. People might go, oh, okay, right, we've got like an attachment to this now, or whether he just blows it out the water and leaves it, leaves it as where it was. Yeah, I mean, I would have thought. I'm not really sure how how the process works. Whether you know. Russell had a meeting with Stephen Moffat and then Moffat had a meeting with Chibnall to sort of say, like, well, how do you want me to end this so you can pick it up? Because yeah. obviously Russell must know how it ends because you can't just sort of... How would you start that? You don't know where the ball's going to be to be able to pick it up when it's... Yeah. You know, so he must already know. But I wonder if Russell has any sort of say in that, whether he said to sort of Chris, well... I want you to ignore the timeless child thing, or I want you to go go like completely all in on the timeless child because I want to do something with it. Yeah, or you know, leave it dead open. Just yeah. have a regenerate, and I'll think of something. It'd be yeah. interesting to see. Like, I'm aiming for here. Get me there. Oh yeah, the end yeah. Of That's the thing. Like, do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, it could be fun. So yeah, well, only time will tell. Yeah, and we we shall see. I'm sure we'll do an after show when that uh, <laughs> when that happens again. I'm sure we'll have yeah. lots to say. When it, when is the centenary? Is it October or September? Yeah, something yeah, like that, isn't October, it? I think. So not that long away, really, is it? This year's no. gone really quick as well. So it's sort of yeah, yeah, scary, scary. Mm-hmm. Right, moving on. So we're not here forever. Story number two. Why CCW? You want the CCO? Now, I never thought I'd see the day where I read the information of a new Who story. So, here we go. Here he goes. Story two for this week. Story title, Vincent and the Doctor. From season five, episode ten, aired on the 5th of June, 2010. So, we're on the 3rd of June today. The Jubilee. So, uh, yeah. yeah, blimey. Good timing. Uh, written by Richard Curtis, directed by Johnny Campbell, produced by Tracy Simpson and Patrick Shaw. I should have reread this name before I tried to pronounce it. <laughs> it's Patrick Schwitzer. I reckon mm-hmm. I nailed that. Script edited by Brian Minchin and Emma Freud. Uh, and music by Murray Gold. Would you like a synopsis, Caroline? Yes, please. While taking Amy to several peaceful locations, the 11th Doctor's trip to a museum takes a turn for the worst. His interest is caught by a painting of a church by by Vincent van Gogh. Are we going with van Gogh or van Gogh? I have no idea how you're supposed to say this, because everybody's got a different... They go with van Gogh in the episode, don't they? We'll go with van Gogh. So any, all the complaints to yeah. my adventure in space and time at Gmail. What troubles the doctor is that they f- there's a face in the church's window. It's not a nice face. It's a curious, shadowed, creepy face with a with bleak and nasty eyes. I lost the ability to read halfway through that sentence, but I'm going to keep going anyway. The doctor <laughs> knows. E- <laughs> the doctor knows evil when he sees it. And this face is definitely evil. It may pose a threat to the one who painted it. Only one thing will calm the Doctor's nerves. A trip in the TARDIS to 1890 so he can find out from the artist himself. Caroline. Yes. 
I mean, I'm almost slightly frightened to do this one after Luke suggested this because it is so loved that I'm like, I dare not say anything about it because I'll get so much hate mail. Um, but I, I do love it, so I'm not going to sit and pick it to bits because I do yeah. love this episode. Um, I think it's it's lovely. I think what I really what sticks out for me with this one is that the, what people love about it is that the monster is like this much of the episode. Yes. Like it's really not about this monster at all. No. It because it's very much a sort of social emotional kind of episode. Well, that's I I quite like that is that initially where you sort of can't see the monster. We'll probably get into this a little bit more. When you initially it's just sort of this invisible force. That's quite a nice sort of metaphor for sort of like the depression side of the story, where yeah. this sort of this monster that only you can see that maybe is in your mind sort of thing. Yeah. And I think that's yeah, really clever. Like, I, I quite enjoyed this story. I thought I wouldn't. But really? Yeah, I don't think I've ever sat down and watched it properly. I think this is probably the first time that I've actually sat down and watched it. In Aww. full, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I quite enjoyed it. I mm. um, obviously, as with everything, it's not completely faultless. And this one, like you say, is really loved. Like so much. Yeah, this is like yeah. really up there. So, if you were going to summarize the story, I'm going to pass the buck slightly now because I've done it for the macro okay. It's your turn. So, if you had to okay. sort of um, briefly sum up the the plot, like how would you do that? Um. Well, in that they're investigating this painting, they decide to just go straight to the source of it, and they go and visit Van Gogh. So the doctor and Amy go and find him, and Amy's sort of set up to be a really big fan and loves his artwork and is very very excited and then what they're sort of met with obviously isn't this wonderful guy he's actually as we know that a sort of very troubled depressed struggling man who's making no money from his art Mm. and is sort of the local village idiot really nobody really takes him very seriously he's you know trying to exchange an entire painting for a drink um and when they sort of eventually get to the bottom of it, they're trying to work out really whether he's seeing things in this yeah. painting or whether it's actually something more sinister. Mm. We find that it is a monster. Only he can see it um, for whatever reason. Yeah, is that ever really explained? I don't know if it is actually, which is unusual. And I don't know, again, whether that's coming into like, you know, he was depressed, but actually had a gift that he could see other oh. pictures. Or, like, I don't know. I'm just having a stab at that. Yeah. I was um, just thinking, uh, actually, until you said that then, it hadn't actually crossed my mind that he is the only person that can see it. Even when, not to give too much away, obviously everybody has watched this, but when it gets, when it, we kills it at the end and you sort of see the shadow of the blood and everything. So there's obviously, there is something there. There's, yeah. there's obviously something there because it knocks things over. You see the damage it's doing when thundering about. Yeah. yeah. And, and the same, like, the same sort of thing. Like, it is a metaphor for depression as well because you can see yeah. the damage that it's doing, but you can't see it. Like, it's sort of, 
Yeah. It doesn't sort of exist, but anyway, yeah, I've, I've interrupted you. Yeah, they parallels, I think, even between like Vincent's character and, and this creature, because actually what it turns out is they think it's this terrifying thing that's thundering around causing havoc. And then it actually transpires it's blind and it can't see. Yeah. And that's and it's just actually stumbling about and it's really struggling and then he's sort of stumbling about and he's seeing things that nobody else is seeing and so he's really struggling and it's just actually it's a it's a really clever yeah bit of kind of side by side, um and then in a weird way like obviously the creature ends up dying towards the end and then obviously again spoilers uh, Vincent <laughs> is no longer with us either, um you know and that the two of them are almost sort of like better off that way and that that was how they escaped from the you know and it's all yeah. it's just it's so clever and it's i think it speaks to a lot of people for whatever reason whether or not you've got your own mental health stuff or you know somebody that's got it or you know um it, it, yeah i mean it is it's sort of quite a sad one but I th- it obviously spoke to a lot of people and it's just very very cleverly done that the monster isn't as bad as you think and yeah there's a lot of layers to this one. I feel like you could unpick this one forever because there's so much like psychological yeah. stuff in it. Well, yeah, like you said, it's it is very sort of basic on the uh, on the sort of plot line that there's something in the window. They go there. Vincent's there. He's seeing this monster. They chase the monster around. They kill the monster, and then time just carries on as normal. Sort of yeah. saves it. So where did we sort of where did we get to in the in the plot? Uh, we met Vincent. So, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of going back to what you were saying about whether, like, do we ever, like, nobody else can see it, though. He, Vincent sketches it. They decide to go down to the church. When they find Vincent, they go down to the church to try and identify the thing that he's seeing in the window. Yeah. He sketches it for the doctor, and the doctor instantly knows what it is. Yeah. Could, yeah. And then goes, it's a, what is it, it's a Crefeus? I think you're he right. He instantly goes, it's a Crefeus, and everyone's like, you can't see it. Um, so, yeah, that's there is that about it, isn't it? Whether it's sort of, it has like a sort of host thing that can, like the first person to see it is the only one to see it or something sort of. Yeah. I don't think it's a massive problem because it's sort of, it, the problem only appears when you think about it. It's another yeah. one of those that it's sort of, just it doesn't really it. matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter. really matter. Um, but essentially, if we're carrying on with the plot, is what happens is they think that oh well, we fix this and we sort of save the 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 artists from this monster and we'll put that right. And Amy's really giddy and thinks oh well, he'll be so much happier now. And they take him and they show him his artwork and how much mm. everybody loves it in the future. And he's really touched and he feels better. And then, of course, as it transpires, actually, um, they haven't really changed anything and that he still dies at 37. Something like that, isn't um, it? And, you know, and she's sort of slightly heartbroken, really, towards the end of it that they haven't changed anything. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just really interesting. So, like you say, the, the sort of actual adventure bit of it with the monster is sort of only a minimal part of the story and a lot of it comes back to them sort of changing Vincent's outlook, and I really like what they do with him. Yeah, I think it's really well acted. I can't remember the name of the actor that plays him. Um, Tony Curran. That's it. That is it. Yeah, there you yeah. Go. He's, he's amazing. Uh, he's great. I've never seen I've him in anything else, I don't think. I've. He's probably in loads <laughs> of things. He's been in other stuff, and it's a lot... It's, oh, I can't think what it was. He has been in some things since. But it, I think he's great. He plays it really well. 
plays it beautifully, and he looks so like him. Yeah, he does. As, as much as you can know from the paintings, I yeah, mean, the yeah. paintings might have been crap and look nothing like him, but from the sort of self-portraits, he really looks like yeah. him. And they do really nice parallels with the paintings that they've really cleverly done an actual layout of the bedroom. Yeah. The, like, bedroom painting and they they sort of have him popping out from like behind the self-portrait thing and you see his eyes first and they've got the hat and it's, yeah it's really they do the street cafe that they meet him yeah. at is taken straight from a painting as well it's great filmed in like croatia or something it was nowhere near well like i've won i wondered that because when when i watched it the church seems i'd assume quite obviously to be a church probably in cardiff it just looks like a very yeah. british mm-hmm. church but then they're obviously abroad for some of the filming. I've got, I'm sure it was somewhere bizarre, like, is it like Croatia? I think it's Croatia. Or was that the Vampires of Venice thing? Well, certainly some of it was filmed in Croatia. Could you, you'd assume they'd just go to Holland and just film it all there. You think? I suppose you've sort of got to go with somewhere that looks like Holland 150 years ago. Uh, and it's probably cheaper because, yeah. Yeah, it's, well, yeah, it's probably cheaper to take a film crew to somewhere that's sort of a slightly more remote. Yeah. But um, when did you first see this then? Did you see it as it went out? I did, yeah. You did. I did by this point. Well, actually, pretty much from them bringing Doctor Who back, because obviously, like, I was born at a time when there was no Doctor Who on telly. Yeah. So by the time they brought it back, um, I just watched it religiously as when it comes out pretty much mm. um so yeah I, I saw this one at the time and have rewatched it many times um i went through quite a phase of just just binging those box sets binge away uh, yeah and it's still it's just it's one you kind of don't get bored of watching really it's yeah i watched it i normally try and watch every story sort of three times for the mm-hmm. podcast and normally by the second time with the new Who ones, I sort of think I've watched all that I need to watch, really. There's no need for me to sort of watch yeah. it a third time. I think not not being just the sort of classic Who fan and being like, oh, there's loads that you can dig into with classic Who. Like, you haven't got to worry, you know, there's loads to enjoy. Yeah. I think classic Who does tend to have sort of like more of like a fork plot where you've got sort of different strands that are all running at the same yeah. time. So yeah. it does take you a while to sort of follow it. And the way that it's edited makes it feel a little bit sort of more jumpy. Like you're not quite sure if these things are running parallel or are they running like yeah. to mm-hmm. sort of, and to write out the story in your head so that you can actually sort of tell it becomes a bit awkward. Like did they actually do that before this happened or is that happening yeah. You know, alongside, but with New Who, it tends to be a lot more straight line plot. Like you just sort yep. of what you're seeing is what's happening in order yep. of it happening. So the difference I find is that old sort of the classic stuff I find is very sort of like face value of like here is a story, here is a situation, here is how each character is involved in resolving it. Yeah. Da, da, da. Um, what. I think they've done far more with the new one, and I guess it's just maybe how you have to make modern TV series to keep people's attention these days, is that there's more kind of layers to it. There's more metaphorical stuff. Yeah. There's more, like you say, there's more comparisons where you go, oh, that actually represents depression, or that actually yeah. is a, you know. A... It's a bit of an onion. 
you know you can yeah just... you, you don't need as much of that with the old two it was just like here is an entertaining story and it a bit is of an what adventure. it is so great yeah. and it was just that was that was all it needed to be at that point yeah i think that's how, how it's kind of evolved and this story is probably like your your Vincent and the Doctor is probably one of the most peelable onion type stories. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any other examples really that are sort of as as open as this one is because it sort of it doesn't take much to see the parallel. I wouldn't have thought. No, no, and it's quite a standalone episode as well. It didn't really tie in with anything else. I know they kind of harked back to it by the end of the series. Yeah. And had done the exploding TARDIS painting thing and there was a little snippet of that. Yeah, I don't think but there's there anything... nothing in it that led up to anything else. There was nothing nope. in it that... It was just, here's a story. I don't think they even mentioned anything that made me think, right, hang on, what's in this season that I'm forgetting? Like, season five. Yeah. They, d- they no, don't no, mention it's anything, very, I don't think. It's just its own little bubble. I quite like that, though. I think mm-hmm. that's maybe why I enjoyed this more than I thought I was going to, actually. Because mm-hmm. it sort of... It just ignores plot arc. It's just a story, and it gets in, and it just gets out. Like that's, yeah. that's it. But like yeah, you say, we back to it by the end of the series when they do the little exploding charges thing. It was a nice little like oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't mind that sort of thing. Like you when you yeah, it didn't need to have anything else more complicated to it. No, it's it, no, it's it's completely fine. Yeah. Um, let's have a little look. So. At this point, what what were your feelings of Matt Smith? What are your feelings now of Matt Smith and Amy together? Do you know what I I loved I loved his Doctor. Yeah, and I will be the first to admit that when they revealed him as the replacement for David Tennant, I was like, oh, God, really? Like I really was rolling my eyes, going, looks like a child. And because everybody's so fond of David Tennant, everybody was so upset he was leaving, and they instantly went, well, I'll tell you what, well, well, I know everybody <laughs> loved the floppy-haired, brown-haired guy, so what we've done is we've brought in this floppy-haired, brown-haired bloke <laughs> who's equally as goofy, and you're like, and there's a bit of me going, oh, for fuck's sake. Um, and then wait, they did, and I don't know what the purpose of it was, but they did some sort of promo thing here in Edinburgh that I dragged Shona to, at which point she was still going, sorry, what? What? Huh? What? And I dragged her to it, and it was somewhere in time that they were doing, like, a promo for the new series starting, because it was right. around about Easter time that the new series started. And it was them basically just, I think, trying to go, we're, we're still here, and the new series is coming back. Yeah. Watch it. And they had a thing set up with, like, a sort of photo opportunity thing where you could stand in front of, like, Time Vortex, you know, the sort of swirly thing, and it yeah, had yeah. the AB and the with him in it and then they had some they had one of the scarecrow costumes right out with a bloke in it running around freaking kids out in nice. the middle of festival square that's what you and need they had a, and then they had a cyberman come out and run around freaking out kids in festival square it was brilliant brilliant and they had the now what was it the bit of music the i am the doctor theme yeah. you know this money gold bit of like 11's theme yeah. running around just on like a loop and it just, by the time I'd done that, I was like, okay, we're quite excited now. Yeah. Because they had gone quite go big or go home and they were doing promo for it and they were showing little clips on a screen for the new series. And I was like, all right, we're, we're quite excited about this. And by the time we got to the end of his first episode of 11th Hour, I was like, sold. Yeah. Absolutely sold. <laughs> um. So yeah, and I, I do, I really like Eleven and Amy. I really like them. I prefer them together. I prefer this TARDIS team to when Rory comes along yeah uh-huh just i think i think rory not that rory takes over 
but the the fact that Rory is with them takes over. Like they they, they refer- started making it a little bit too much of like Amy and Rory having a domestic all the time. Yeah. there was a little bit of that, and it. You, they use him as like the break. I really loved him, and I did like Rory, but I know what you mean. It started becoming too much, like a sort of EastEnders of yeah. them, like they've fallen out again. Oh, there's the jealous love triangle thing. They use it a lot. Like, like for me, whenever whenever we watch the ones that have got Matt, you know, Eleven, Amy, and Rory, yeah. they always use Rory to sort of put the brakes on and be like, "Why don't you like me, Amy?" Or and it's sort of like, well. Ugh. Have we got to do this? Choose me over him, and you're like, yeah. But having said that, they're not my favourite Tardis team. But I thought they were quite good in this story. Yeah, Uh, no, I do like this together. You know, there's uh, especially the bit at the when they first see Vincent coming out of the pub and he can't pay the bill, and they're freaking out like they can't believe that it's and they're like sort of it's him. Yeah. Which I think is one of those things. See if that was it was you and you had a time machine and you went back to go and find people. You would be you like would that. Go, yeah, yeah. You would never be really cool. You would all be going, "Oh my god, that's actually them." Yeah. Do you know all these famous folk that they go back and meet and they're really cool with? Like, oh, let's go and introduce ourselves. You'd mm. be freaking out. Oh yeah. Um, nobody'd be that cool about it. So I think, yeah, that's totally the way to do it. And then the fact that Amy's really making the most of being ginger, Scottish, and buying him a drink, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> We Go identify for it. so hard on that one. Um, I mean, I, I sort of, I mean, I'm, I'm not in the slightest bit kind of arty or culture. It'll come as no surprise, but I do really <laughs> like impressionisty kind of Van Gogh stuff. So, like, as I'd been to the museum and I've done, you yeah. know, I've seen bits of his stuff, and I was like, oh, it's really nice to see when you see the paintings and they had made such an effort to make the little bits all the same. Yeah. And they know, did a really good that, job with that as well. Such as, I, thought, um, I couldn't believe like how good a job they did of sort of getting the artwork to sort of be realistic, like reset, like rebuilding yeah. the sets, like you said of like the cafe yeah. outside or the pub or whatever it was. Yeah, and you know, like the bedroom and the sunflowers and yeah, they did sort of think it was the art department probably just having an absolute field day. Oh, yeah, of sort you of would. you know, it's you it's it seems like the ultimate college art project that sort mm-hmm. of. They say, they say to you, oh, well, when you're working in film, you'll get to do something like this, and it only happens sort of once. And this is yeah. the one where literally that everybody's sort of like, yay! We're doing it. Um, but, yeah, so going back to the sort of TARDIS team thing, I kind of went off on one there. But I really like how there's quite a lot of really beautiful just little moments all the way through this of, like, really lovely acting and really lovely interactions you know, and the fact that Amy does get a bit giddy and then she's actually, by the end of it, really kind of brought back down to earth of like, oh no, he is actually, we didn't make a difference and we didn't save him and she's quite upset and there's that moment where the doctor does his sort of speech about the life being a pile of good things and bad things and stuff, yeah. you know, which people have just quoted everywhere. It's completely permeated the, the sort of fan groups and stuff as the popular episode. I yeah. think you know, there's something really lovely about that, that it wasn't happy clappy ending um i think you know. that's nice though i'm, I'm glad yeah, that, you know it was, uh-huh. you, can't, you can't really rewrite history when it's sort of so no. well known anyway so initially when you're watching it you start to think oh no like how, are they gonna sort of pretend that you sort of he didn't yeah, or he's still alive or something, in an alternate it? universe on another planet, yeah, and he's living happily, riding the back of the Crefeus through the yeah, space. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm glad they sort of they went with it, and they even they do mention it 
uh, like twice or three times, don't they? That he commits suicide and you know he dies yeah. at thirty-seven or whatever what the yeah. age was. Yeah, you know they're not afraid to sort of. They're not yeah, afraid to you know, bring it that in, even as a, as a sort of program that is like a family show and stuff. They're like, no, we're still going with taking your own life as a theme. Yeah, we're going to go without for it. it being super morbid and yuck. Um, you know, and I mean the moment in the museum that everybody votes as like the top Doctor Who moment for like emotional damage um, yeah. of him standing in the museum is just it is stunning the way it's, it's done. And it is acted Prince, really like, well. Watery red eyes, you're like. You know, there's some really good acting in this. Yeah, it is acted really well, I will say. And I expected it to... Not that I expected it not to be, but I did expect mm-hmm. to sort of go... Eesh. It could so easily have been cheesy. Yeah, it could Yeah, it could have gone one way or the other. And it, But I think the cast was so strong... Yeah. ...that it did sort of just push it forward like it. it was fine. It was, you know, it's just gone for it. They just yeah. they just went for it, and I'm I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. So, any sort of standout moments for you, like throughout the story? I mean, yeah, I mean we've already touched on. I mean the big ones that everybody talks about, like the standing in the museum and it panning yeah. round him and him having that sort of shock and all. I mean that is that and the sort of the speech at the end about the the good things and bad things pile are uh, the ones. Are that... they on some sort of like a spinning? Like... They must have done. They must have had one of those sort of cameras that looked round kind of thing or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because as I was watching it. it, I was like, hang on, they're sitting still, but the room's moving. Or they just everybody sort of like got a bit of scenery and sort of. Yeah, it's really with it. well done. Or I don't know, was he on like a spinning platform or something? I would have thought that's probably they're probably on some sort of a trolley, aren't they? That's sort of being yeah, spun. yeah. But it's really well done. But the the other shot that I guess really stands out for me is the ones when the sort of shock horror moment when they come back to him and go, "He'll be fine this morning," and they get so they come on, we'll go on an adventure, and they get there in the morning, and he's just having the yeah. absolute dark day, and he's lying in the corner wailing, and it, there is a bit of like, Fah. yeah. You know that you you're sort of not expecting that to be shown. In yeah, this kind of, you, you know think, when they go back to him, thinking we're taking him on an adventure. Come on, and he's all up for it the night before. Yeah, and they show that flip, and again, like Tony Curran just acting his socks off. Yeah, I think it's nice Maybe that they didn't shy away from that as well. Yeah, that you know they could have just sort of said that. You know they could have just said that he was depressed and just left it at that and just made everybody mm-hmm. make their minds up of what that means. But, yeah, or sort of just kind of glaze over it, like as oh, he gets a bit sad sometimes, and like yeah. kind of walk down a bit. And they totally didn't; they really went for it. That he's just wailing in a corner, and you're yeah, like, yeah. wow. Um, that that's the bit that always stands out to me. They go, God, they went there and they did it really, really well. Yeah. And it was a bit of a shock horror because actually, when you're watching the episode, you're not expecting it. You think, oh, they're taking them on an adventure. This is fun. Yeah. And it's not. They go, whoa, and it, it's quite a nice little kind of gear change. Yeah. It, yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought it was great. I mean, the the one moment that made me sort of go, oh, God, but not in a sort of like, oh, it sort of ruins it, is where the looks at the sunflowers at the end and it says, like, for Amy, doesn't it, Vincent? Yeah. And you just think, ah. You know. Only wee easy bit. Yeah, it's uh, and that's fine. I can forgive that. It's not a sort of a big deal. I, it would have been worse if they sort of, there was, like, another painting of, like, the TARDIS. I'm surprised they didn't do that, actually. Like you say, at the end yeah. of the season where we see that he did paint, you the know, the TARDIS. TARDIS one. Yeah. You know, maybe they would have 
foreshadowed that a little bit and but you know mm. it, it is what it is. it's one of those ones you go had they thought of that or did they just throw that in at the end yeah the like somebody story? thought what about doing <laughs> we do a wee hark back to vincent over there um yeah and do you know what's really bizarre as well as like i have been to the van gogh museum since that episode um when we were in amsterdam and you're standing looking at the sunflowers and you do look at the bottom corner like yeah that doesn't say it doesn't doesn't say it doesn't well, say anything I, about me in the corner as it came up on the screen i was like does it actually it do- no it doesn't no i don't even know why i'm <laughs> thinking this why am i, I even looked. i looked yeah. you know it doesn't but i looked yeah still gotta look <laughs> just to be the one that's like you don't know that it doesn't actually say it yeah and the same with the church one i mean the church one is a real painting as well yeah and, and you go and look at it and you're standing going is, is there, there anything in, in the the window, is there a wee wee no there's not no no <laughs> it's all in his head it's all in his head so yeah it's like you said it's pretty well directed I think it, I say pretty well directed. It's shot really well. Yeah, like do you know? What I always think visually, it's a really colourful, bright episode because they sort of cut between like the the really nice kind of dark blues and the creepy church ones. Yeah, to like the bright sunshiny sunflowers and the really well lit cafe scene and do you know? It's all. I think it's like visually really really colourful. Yeah, the, I remember it. it yeah, yeah. I I completely agree. They go for. When they're in the sort of, um, I can never think what they're called, the confession box. Yeah, I remember that bit, yeah. That's that's really dark, like you can barely see anything. And knowing that that is a Stephen Moffat, you know, it's a Stephen Moffat series, you... Mm -hmm. In my head, I was like, oh, we're going to have some sort of like a kinky chat that's going to appear here, and then we're going to sort of ignore it, because it happens a lot during the, the Moffat era where there's some sort of a weird bit of dialogue that's sort of... Yeah, there's a slightly uncomfortable... <laughs> yeah, like, uh, why is this happening now? But they didn't... I don't think there was much of it in this story. There's def- there's definitely, like, a bit of flirting between Vincent and Amy. A very yeah. obvious, you know, open flirting. It's not They don't try and cover it up as being sort of like, oh, she's just being nice, or he's just being nice, you know. No. So, yeah, that that's fine. I'm not sure whether the Crafeus doesn't look great. No. I mean, you, but, the only thing is, I guess, is a blessing you don't see a lot of it. Yeah, that is. That, there oh, is I that. know what you mean. It's uh, Even the design, uh, you know, not having it in front of me just now, I'd be hard pushed to tell you what it looked like in great detail. Yeah, well, it's just sort of like a, a sort of big grey blob. Yeah, it's like, well, it's sort of like a big bird, like a turkey crossed with a sort of, yeah, dinosaur sort of... thing. Which... Yeah, like a griffin vibe to it. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's just like a sort of beak dinosaur thing. Like. Yeah. But it's it's fine. The CGI, I mean, it's sort of 2010 television CGI. It's as good as it's going to get. You know, it's, it's okay. I get what they're doing with it. You know, it's sort of, it's fine does what it does but i don't know whether there was any kind of significance to the design of that that it looked like a sort of because there was no it could have been like a rhino or like you know how they've done all the sort of yeah other things that they've had that looked like a an animal basically yeah, yeah. Done. and there's nothing in the storyline that lends itself to it being a griffin bird parrot faced dinosaur Elephant yeah, skits. there's nothing that sort of. 
I'd, think... I'd like to know what the the idea behind that design was that they went we've drawn this and they went that's the one but well in some respects like that i don't think they even really needed to show it in i think maybe it would have been even more powerful if you if we never saw it yeah yeah but he did and he drew it and you see the blood on the floor yeah but you but don't ever know you what it don't is. ever see it like i think yeah, that would have no, been I, I, yeah totally agree you know i think that would have been like we're not even sure is the doctor seeing the blood on the floor or is it just vincent that's seeing the blood on the floor like yeah 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 it, yeah totally agree yeah i think i think that would have been a, a a good idea to do but we did see it it is what it is it's fine you don't see that much of it like you say Mm. But above all, I think the acting's great. I think the script's quite strong as well, which normally there's a bit of dialogue that puts me off, that sort of I go, ugh, mm-hmm. sort of, oh, I'm not sure about that. But Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. There's not really one for me in that. No, yeah, I think I think it was pretty good. Should we, um, should we give it a score? Yes. How are we scoring this one? Are we still doing stars? Well, or? still, we can get, you can give a gold star if you like. You can give a brown award, or you can go gold, amber, red. I think you're not going to go red. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. Do you know what? I'm tempted to go gold with this one because I do think there's so little they got wrong with this. Brilliant. I'm I'm going to do it. It's it's so well loved. It's one that's just kind of everybody still rewatches and loves. Yeah. And like you say, there's not really any bits in it that you go, <laughs> you know, there's not many icky moments. It didn't, no, yeah, it didn't make me wince. And because which... it's standalone, there's not any massive plot holes that you start getting irritated by because it is just its own thing. Yeah. Um, you know, they tackle some big subjects. They don't shy away from stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know what? It's getting a gold from me. Gold star. Wowee. Blimey. Is that, is that not like do people not give out gold stars like ever? And then just <laughs> I, I think I don't know how many gold stars we've given out, but you're welcome to give out a gold star. Go for it. It's not like me to be positive, right? Let's not <laughs> shoot you down. Unless it's a Dalek, she's never positive. <laughs> um I'm I'm gonna give it a green. I'm shocked to say that I'm giving a new who a green. I don't think it's yeah, happened so that often. I. It's I don't think it's happened that often. Um but yeah, I th- I enjoyed it. I probably I'm not saying that I wouldn't watch it again. I won't watch it again for a while because I just I I wouldn't really. But if you're not actively avoiding it, that's a win, right? Yeah, that's yeah. I'm not going to actively avoid it. <laughs> it's a green <laughs> because I'll just ignore it for a while, and I'm happy to come back to it eventually. I yeah, I enjoyed the story. It was well acted. The TARDIS team weren't unbearable, so that's a plus. Vincent is great. Um, I like the sort of depression side of it. I, well, no, I don't like the depression. I, I like that story idea. We've read the tagline, haven't we? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> but, yeah, because uh, I think on the on the face of it, doing a story about depression could be a little bit sort of... Ugh... A bit sort of icky, like how are we gonna sort of do a story? Mm-hmm. But I th- I thought it worked really well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a green. Yeah. So there we go. 
There we go. As I say, I actually, do you know what? We've never touched on the fact that actually quite a lot of the time when they, they go into like the historical characters. Yeah. Those ones can be quite eeky because they start kind of plopping in little cliches and like try to do like little in jokes and you're always a bit like, ugh. I think that's the thing, isn't it? They sort of, they skim the surface of the famous person. And I think to sort of, most people only know the bare minimum about these famous people. They're famous because of what they did, but the person, they know very little about them. Yeah. So all of the references have to be to the stuff that they've done. So it becomes very sort of, cliche mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. there's only so many things you can say but i thought i thought it did it quite well and like you said i don't really know anything about van gogh other than no. he painted and he was depressed that's about they it they don't take a cheap shot about the one ear thing either do they i don't think they never mention there's it no do they cheap shots in it either which yeah, they, yeah you would have thought that would have been an easy target but again yeah. tonally no yeah, they keep it. They keep it on the straight and narrow with that, don't they? That they're just going to go. They're focusing on that one side of his mind, and yeah. they're not going to the whole sort of chopped his ear off. You know, no. I think there's a prostitute involved with that as well. Actually, so oh, right. well, that. Uh, well, it is what it is. You can spend your money on what you want. Um, <laughs> so there we go. Well, I think that that's all that we need to be said. Two, yeah. We've got uh, two greens and a gold star for this week. Uh, You're being uncharacteristically positive. Yeah, actually three greens and a gold star. This is like the most positive episode there's ever been. That's amazing. Oh, we should make this a special. Yeah, bonus special, gold star (laughs) award. W-C-C-C-W-C-Y. So, uh, just before we part company, would you like to give yourself a plug, Caroline? I could do, yeah. I'm now torn between giving myself a plug or giving our podcast a plug. I'll do both. Do both. (laughs) I'll do both. Well, put it this way. We can find um, our podcast all at the same thing. We are My Adventure Pod on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Um, We're currently sort of having a little bit of a break, but we're about to start doing bits of missing episode stuff when we get a chance. (laughs) so that should be good fun. Yeah. Um, I think it might well be showing us sort of first venture into the cartoony ones and the animated ones and the missing bits. So nice, going to be good fun. Um, and then if you want to find me, I am tagged on all of those somewhere. Anyway, I'm at Caroline Holly X on Instagram, and I think I'm what am I box underscore floral on Twitter. You so. are. But um, I'm tagged in you guys' stuff anyway, so if anybody was yeah, you'll super find Caroline somewhere. Sure, they'd find me. I tend to just appear. Yeah, you haven't got a deep. You haven't got a dive that deep to find. You know, you'll be there somewhere. Can't get rid of me. Can't get rid. That's it. Now you're there for the long run. You absolutely. You're in the after show. You've been christened into the fandom. I have. You know, you're there forever. So there we go. Right. Well. Caroline, thank you so much for doing this. It's been thank lovely to talk to you. Me. You're very, very welcome. Getting to be on like proper grown-up podcasts instead of just oh, me. Oh, you say tonight. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I love my adventure in space and time. I think it's great. I'm not saying that because you're here. I say it as much as I can without it being thank a weird you. thing to say. Just kind of welcomed by a lot of community of other podcasty people, and it's been really cool actually because yeah. there's 
people that are more well established than us have just all kind of gone. You're all right. We'll have you. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's. It's. Yeah. It's been lovely. And. Uh, but yeah. Thank you so much for doing this, Caroline. It's uh, lovely you. of you. Yeah. It's been lovely to speak really to you. Good episodes as well. Yeah. It's been. It's been really good fun. So uh, yeah, I've been Harold. Ha- no, I've been Harolyn. I've been Harry. <laughs> And that's been Carolyn. I've mixed We've the whole sentence. There we go. Sorted. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. You can check us out on Patreon as well. Patreon.com forward slash WCCY for Reading Club and all that other good stuff. Or visit WCCY.co.uk uh, for other things. Do what you want. I don't really care. Um, we'll see you next week for Look Who's Talking and then onwards and upwards or downwards or whatever you want. So thanks for listening and thank you to the lovely Caroline for joining us for this episode and we'll see you next time. Take care. See you later. You can send in your feedback, comments and suggestions by contacting us on Twitter at Who Can Convince. Email us on mail at wccy.co.uk or visit www.wccy.co.uk. Be sure to leave the podcast a rating and review on your podcast platform. For bonus content, consider supporting us on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash WCCY. Thanks for listening and thank you for your support. <laughs>